0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, I hope you don't have anything against women preachers because I are one. We've got a guy that comes. We've got, we've got a guy that comes here that uh, he's not here this morning, so I can say this. He was raised; his father was a Baptist minister, and so when he started coming here, he kind of looked cockeyed at me when I got up here, you know, because. Some denominations, they don't like women getting up here and saying stuff. But you know what? The first preacher was a woman that went to the tomb of Jesus and saw that he had raised from the dead and ran and told the rest of them. To preach means to tell, to teach, you know. And so the first preacher was actually a woman. Amen? So praise the Lord. So just pretend like I'm your mama because I am. You know, I'm Mrs. Pastor. I'm your spiritual mama, so I'm just going to talk to you today. Amen. We're going to learn some stuff. All right? Amen. I love you all. Let's just pray a minute. Father, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name. Father, and I thank you, Lord, for these beautiful people at High Desert Word Center. We thank you, Lord, for the beautiful people on the Internet who can't be with us personally today. And, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for giving us ears to hear, giving us hearts to understand, And Lord, help us to receive today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, if you did not get a a handout when you walked in the door, raise your hand. Our ushers have a handout. We haven't done handouts for a long, long time, but I was, I was getting this message ready. I thought, oh, we're doing a handout today. So I hope that's okay, Pastor Dave. He wasn't here to ask. He was in Texas. So, (laughs) so I thought, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this anyway. So yeah, raise your hand and we'll get you a, get you a, a, a handout. So, You'll figure out how this works. I have added a scripture to the beginning of this whole thing. So see on your paper where it says Psalms 119, 165. In that space right above there, write this verse. Mark 4, verses 12 through 20. Mark 4, verses 12 through 20. And I'm in the New King James for all this, okay? So I'm going to start out reading in this to do if I can find my. Okay, so that seeing they may not may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. The peril of the sower explained, and he said to them, Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? I don't want to read the whole parable, but you can go back and read from Mark chapter four, verse one talks about the, the sower sows the word. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. What does the sower sow? The word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes when? Immediately. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the one who once sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time you know you can think about believers i hope none of this is you until we get to the end afterward when tribulation or persecution arises why for the word's sake immediately You know what? I have a problem. They stumble. I have a problem with writing in my Bible, and then when I go to read it, I can't read it because my writing's in the way. (laughs) Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires, or King James says, the lust for other things entering in choke what? Choke the Word. And it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit. Some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Now back up here where it says it causes us to, to stumble. That means that in King James, I like it better in King James, it says it causes us to be offended. Offended. So, or shut down. How many can you can testify to the fact that if you're ticked off at somebody, you're shut down? I mean, wow. That means you're not being fruitful for the kingdom. That means you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because you're all wrapped up in you. And you're all wrapped up in the fact that you're ticked off at somebody. Isn't that correct? It sure is. Amen. Okay, now go to, go to uh, Psalms 119, Psalms one nineteen, one sixty five. Yeah. Praise God for the word. Amen. Where would we be without the word? Thank you, Jesus, for the word. Jesus is the word. Psalms 119, 165. Longest chapter in the Bible. Y'all there? Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love your law. What is his law? his word, right? His law is his word, okay? So you can say, Great peace have those who love your word, and nothing shall cause them to stumble. Nothing shall cause them to be offended. Great peace have they which love thy law. King James says, And nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. So you can always tell if you're offended at something, That your word level's low. Isn't that the truth? I mean, you can think about your own life. When your word level's low, you just get ticked off at anything and anybody and whatever comes across your path. But that's not what the Lord wants for us, okay? So the title of my message today is The Devil's Double Batch of Destruction. Beware. Amen. It's at the top of your little paper here. So the first thing in the devil's double batch of destruction is offense. So one of the main things we're going to talk about today is being offended at other people. Now, there's two kinds of offense. One is justified. You, have, you really do have a reason to be ticked off. The second one is unjustified. You just think you have a reason to be ticked off. Okay? And there are two ways that offenses come to you. You personally get offended by somebody, or you can pick up somebody else's offense. Right? You can be mad because sister so-and-so is mad. Right? Well, we're, we're, we're learning how to be aware of this, the devil's tricks here. Okay? Offense is like lice. How many of you just love lice? <laughs> offenses can jump from one person to another just like that. Boop. You know those little lice bugs, they just jump from you to onto them or whatever, you know? So offenses are like lice. So remember that because nobody wants lice. So you gotta remember that offense is nasty as lice. So that will help you know not to, to uh <laughs> pick up on that. Also, offense has fruit. It's rotten fruit. If you're offended, you have rotten fruit. You don't have good fruit because your love is replaced by hatred. Your joy leaves, right? You don't have one lick of joy. And bitterness comes in. You become bitter. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to be in uh, verses 14 and 15. This says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness Springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Well, you know when you get offended that it starts to grow in you. The offense starts to grow in you. It becomes a root of bitterness. Now, I've heard that, you know, you see a big tall tree. I've heard that the roots in a tree are just as deep underneath the tree. What you see underground is just as great as what you see above the ground. So imagine this. If you're offended and you're not doing something about that offense, that you've got a root of bitterness that has started to grow within you, and it goes down deep just like it does a tree. So when you see a tree, like the little tree out we've got out here, thank you, Frank, for trimming the trees for us, the roots in that tree out there are just as deep below the ground as they are above the ground. Now, those, trees are, those roots are nice roots, but when we get a root of bitterness... That is not nice. Okay, that is not good. Look at Proverbs 6. Now, this is how some of the offenses come. Proverbs 6, we'll look at verse 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, look at this one, and one who sows discord among the brethren. So if you're picking up somebody else's offense, obviously it had to come out of their mouth into your ears, correct? Otherwise, you wouldn't have known why they were offended, right? I had one of the sisters came to me the other day, and she said, boy, somebody came to me, and they're just gossiping, gossiping. And I said, well, you better tell me what they said, because as pastors, we need to know what they're saying, you know. And so this person was just, just talking about someone else in the church. And she said, you know what I told him? I said, what did you tell him? She said, I told him, I don't want to hear it. So see, that's the way that works. Somebody comes, tries to use your ears for a, a, a trash bin. You say, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear it. Because you cannot afford spiritually or any other way to pick up somebody else's offense. Hey, you got a big enough job just not being offended. Your own self, right? Never mind picking up everybody else's offenses. So you've really got to be aware of this because it shuts us down if we're offended. We don't become fruitful and we aren't very happy people when we're offended. Amen. Amen. So the second part of this double batch, offense leads to, number two, unforgiveness. Leads to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness isn't good either. We're gonna see that right now. Look at look at Mark chapter eleven. Find out what happens with unforgiveness. What does Jesus have to say about unforgiveness? Mark eleven. Oh, I forgot to get something. Melinda, do we have the Bait of Satan back there? If we do, could you bring me a copy? Please. Mark 11. Get there eventually. Okay, look at verses uh, 22 through 26. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, Whosoever says, says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, thank you, say to you whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, we all love those verses, don't we? Those are the hallelujah, shouting, yes, amen, verses. But look at this. Look, go down to verse 15. Verse 15 says this. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, say anything, against anyone, say anyone, forgive him. Say, forgive him. Why? That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Say, forgive me. But if you do not forgive, whoa, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses, your sins. Now, that ought ought to shake you up a little bit. You cannot afford to be offended. We cannot afford to be offended at anybody. We cannot afford to harbor unforgiveness. So we can't do any of those things, right? Amen, amen. Okay. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know, you may be uh, offended and not even really know it, <laughs> but you know because of the rotten fruit that all of a sudden you're you're you're, uh, you're, placed, you're you're going through. You know, your love feelings are gone. It's replaced by hatred. Joy in your life leaves bitterness comes in. And we talked about the root of bitterness, and we're talking about unforgiveness now. You must be aware and know. When the devil walks into your life with offense and then forgiveness, into your relationships with your husband, with your children, with your parents, with your brothers and sisters in Christ, with those in your work area, you must know that the devil's out to destroy you with any and all offenses. Any. It doesn't matter what kind. Do you know what offense and unforgiveness does to your face? You know, we're always, we always want our faces to be nice, you know? But when we're offended, or when we're not forgiving somebody, a a lovely face can turn into a very bitter, disheveled looking, old face. You know, doesn't it though? So it's not, we're not doing ourselves any favors by harboring offense or unforgiveness. Okay. Let's look at James chapter one here Hold your spot there. I'm going to back up a minute. Remember we talked about how we have to be cautious that we aren't offended against our husbands, against our children, against our parents. Remember that I just I just said that. I want to give you, uh, this is especially true with married couples. So, how many of you have ever been offended at your husband and your wife? <laughs> yeah, and the rest of you are lying. You're flat-out lying. Let's do this again. How many of you have ever been offended at your husband or your wife? All right, that's a little bit better. Now, liars have their place in the lake of fire, so... You know, don't lie, especially in the house of God, okay, because he knows. Okay. So I just want to give you a couple of illustrations from Pastor and I. You know, we think, oh, we never get offended at each other. Oh, my gosh. What? No, I'm telling about I'm I'm ratting on me first, then I'm going to rat on you. But it has to do with both of us, actually. Okay, so I have this thing, okay. When I ask you a question, I want an answer, you know. Like, do you want bacon for breakfast? I don't, I want it yes or a no, you know, either you do or you don't. Well, pastor has to think about it. So, whoops, there goes my everything. So, pastor has to think about it and I'll say, okay, Pat, you know, I don't call him pastor at home, I call him dad or Bernie. I'll say, do you want bacon for breakfast? I don't get an answer. Well, then I get ticked off and I say, yes or no. Do you want bacon or you don't want bacon, you know, because I have things to do. And if I'm going to cook bacon, I want to go get the bacon cooked, right? Well, that offends him when I do that. So I'm trying my very best not to do the yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, he calls it. Okay, now this is what ticks me off. (laughs) Yesterday was a wonderful day for this. You shouldn't have been there. (laughs) So, you know, most of you know that our house is sold and we're moving uh, to another place in, in you know, in the area. We're not leaving anybody. But uh, it's a lot of work. And so, I mean, it must have been at least six times Pastor says to me, I'm so organized, meaning himself, quote, unquote. I'm so organized. And I thought, translated to a woman, that means you're not organized. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I've boxed up all this stuff. I got the kitchen stuff here in the kitchen boxes, the master bedroom over here. I am organized. And so I told him yesterday, I said, you know what? That really upsets it really does. Because it makes me think I'm not organized. Now women. How many of you women translate what I translate is okay, now see this is a this is a man wife thing. And where's Pastor Josh? Joshua and Katie, you have got to do your next ministry thing on marriages a thing on what Julie? Oh yeah, Katie, Josh and uh, those two back there. That's okay. I've got to mixed up my whole life. you know I always said whatever your name is, I get down to that part. Whatever your name is, right boys and girls. <laughs> the only one I never got messed up was Anne because she was the only girl so I could you know I could say Anne and that was it, but the rest of them I had to go through the list before I got to the right one. So the next time you do a married things you need to do some kind of a thing where a guy says the husband says something and the wife takes it this way but he doesn't mean it that way but this is how we take it. Now every no oh, every 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 wife's hand in here went up. But that's the truth. But then we say stuff to them that really gets on their manhood. So I asked him I asked him last night, I said, would you please stop? I said, if you never again say that you're organized, I said it would be the best thing in my life. If you never again say that. So we're working on it, you know. So that must mean that if we're working on it, you're working on it at your house, right? So I just wanted to let you know that. Also, I want to show you this book. This book is the absolute best book in the entire world on offense. It's written by John Bevere. It's called The Bait of Satan. This, this book is just outstanding. It's the best book there is on the subject of offense. And so if you want to, you know, learn more about it, you know, get it out of the bookstore. It's, it's beautiful, excellent book, excellent book. teaches you all kinds of stuff. But I'm not going there today because it would take us all day long to read that book, so we're not going to do that. Okay, now let me get back to where I was. Oh, yeah, we're in James Chapter 1, aren't we? Okay, now I've got to get to James Chapter 1. James chapter 1, let's look at uh, verse 2. Yeah, good place to be, huh? James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, etc. Then it goes all down and tells everything that you've, that you've uh, developed when you, when you count it all joy. But why would we count offenses and unforgiveness a thing of joy to be joyful about? Because if we haven't already, we need to grow into the positions in our Christian life that we recognize the devil and his works, right? So the joy comes when all of a sudden we see the offense or the unforgiveness coming down the pike, and we we are aware of it just like that. That's called maturing in the Lord, right? We're growing in the Lord, and we're getting to that point. So we're joyful about that because we know that we don't have to fall for it, okay? Look at James. Just jump down there to verse 7. Verse 7 says this. For let not that man, the man up above here, suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, For he is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. So we want to be stable-minded. We don't want to be double-minded. We want to be mature in the Lord. Because if if we say we're believers and we're falling all the time for unforgiveness and offense, then we're double-minded. See that? We become double-minded because we're not we're not exactly doing what we're supposed to be doing according to the Word of God. We're not loving. We're not forgiving. No, we've picked up an offense. We've picked up unforgiveness. We're hating. We're bitter. We're, bleh, you know, not happy, not joyful. And so that's not good, see? So we do not want to be double-minded. We want to grow in the Lord to the point where if all of a sudden an offense comes, kind of like the lady that told me the other day, somebody came to me and wanted to gospel, and I said, I don't want to hear it. See, you are just got to kind of shield yourself, you know. You're shielding yourself from this offense that's, that's trying to come your way, or this unforgiveness that's trying to come your way. You're shielding yourself against it. we have got to get rid of that stuff. You know, um, around here, I'm just throwing this verse in here. It may or may not pertain to anything at all in particular, but I'm just going to do it. Um, look at John 10.10. 10. John 10:10. Now, if you don't know how to quote John 10:10, you will. (laughs) That's kind of like, kind of like some few other verses around here we all know by heart. Okay, John 10:10 says this: The thief comes not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's that's Satan's job. He's the thief, right? So he comes. He comes to steal. He comes to kill in our lives, and he comes to destroy in our lives. Well, is offense one of these? Is offense stealing, killing, and destroying? Yeah. Is unforgiveness, you know, stealing, killing, and destroying in our lives? But look what Jesus said. Jesus said, but I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So, abundant life is a life of joy, a life of love, a life of forgiveness, You know what I'm saying? So that's what we want in our lives. So you always have to recognize when something's coming down the pike, is it on the stealing, killing, and destroying side, or is it on the life and that more abundantly side? So you have to kind of ascertain those things too. Something else that will waltz on in with offense is jealousy. If you're harboring offense, you'll see the person you are offended at going about their lives. And they're happy, they're having victory while you're still seething inside. <laughs> right? They aren't the ones that are hurt, you are. Just because you're harboring an offense against sister so-and-so doesn't mean that sister so and So's hurt. She's going about her life just happy as can be. It's you're the one because you're harboring, you're hanging on to that offense, that unforgiveness. You're hanging on to it and you can't do that. Great peace, Psalms one nineteen. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You can even say that to one another, you know, at home when you're, (laughs) when you're having your little offenses with one another. You can say Psalms one nineteen one sixty five. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Your word level's low. (laughs) Works every time. Okay, now listen to this. How do you prevent? Or recover from an offense and an unforgiveness. How do you recover from this? You've got to get over it. If you don't get over it, you heard what Jesus said there over in Mark chapter 11. If you're not forgiving these people, I'm not going to forgive you either. Right? So we've got to realize that we have got to get over this. Say, I've got to get over this. You've got to. Amen? So, how do you prevent or recover from offense or unforgiveness? Number one, you need to take a word bath. Why? Because Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace of they which love thy law, and what shall offend them? Nothing shall offend them. So, your word level's low, you need to take a word bath. You need to get in the word. I'm telling you what, if you've, if you've got a uh, some kind of an app, back in the day we had tapes and CDs and stuff like that, if you have some kind of an app that reads the Bible to you, You know, put it on, play it all the time when you're in the kitchen, when you're riding down the road. You know, when you're going to bed at night, play that word. Because even if you're sleeping, it goes right into your spirit. You need a word bath, okay? Number two, you need to recognize the strategies of the devil. You need to recognize what he's doing right off the get-go. Right off the get-go. And number, number three, you need to repent quickly. You need to quickly, oh, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. And if you need to go to somebody like your husband or your wife or your kids or even your children, you know, sometimes you need to teach your children this too. Mommy, I'm sorry. Daddy, I'm sorry. But you at the same time, Johnny, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. You know, keep the keep the peace in your home. Look at Look at James. I mean, this isn't on your paper, but... I just wanna. I'm gonna close with this scripture here, James. James, come here, James. (laughs) He's in here somewhere. There he is. Oh, I know. It's James three sixteen. It's one of those 316 verses. Oh, here we are. Think about your home. Think about your workplace. Think about your church. James 316. For where envy... This says self-seeking. But King James says where envy and strife. I like that word strife better. For where any... Envy and strife exist. Confusion and every evil work are there. Confusion and every evil work are there. Where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. You know, along with (coughs) offense and unforgiveness, there's some envy and strife in there somewhere. Okay, picture yourself at your home. Okay, there you are at your home. Everything's lovely. Everything's going great. And all of a sudden, it's like an explosion goes off right in the middle of your kitchen, your living room, or whatever. But see, you gotta, you gotta recognize who just walked in the door. Satan just walked in the door. What did he bring in? Envy and strife. He just walked in with envy and strife. And too many times we fall for it. Oh so, yeah, you wanna fight? Let's fight. You know, but then you got to realize that, wait a minute, that wasn't here a minute ago. How did it, how did, how, how all of a sudden did the scene change? Well, because Satan just walked through the door. So this is what you do. You stop and you say, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my house. You take your envy and strife and you go from here in Jesus' name. you got to learn how to take authority over you, where you are your home, your workplace, your church. Get out of here, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Take your envy and strife and go. And, Father, thank you, Lord, for your peace and your love. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.